Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City and welcome to our virtual worship service this morning. Uh, I pray that this Sunday finds you doing well. Uh, hey, if you're tired of watching the sermon online and are looking for uh, a live experience, next week we are going to uh, experiment around with doing a an outdoor service in the parking lot. So if you're interested in, in having that experience of, of being live and watching the sermon uh, kind of old school uh, plan on next week. We're going to get all the details out. There's a lot of logistics to cover to make sure that everyone is safe and uh, we've we've accommodated everyone for social distancing and whatnot. But uh, suffice it to say, we are looking forward to doing that and giving that a shot. Um, so watch for information about that. In the meantime, this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We gather in this unique way, seeking out inspiration from God's word and looking to reconnect with God uh, on this Sunday. Why don't we open up with a word of prayer? Our loving and gracious God, we do gather our hearts together. Even though we're far apart, we are one in you and one before you this morning. We invite your Holy Spirit to be here as we stir up a, a sense of worship within ourselves. And we just thank you that you are present. We thank you that your word continues to inspire and teach and guide and we thank you for your constant companionship, especially in times like this pandemic. We ask all of this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So our text today is taken from Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13 and going through 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the powers of death shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples, to tell no one that he was the Christ. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. So what is this text about? For many, it was about authority. In the Catholic tradition, this text establishes Peter as the first pope. For many, it's about the church. It is one of only two places where the word ecclesia the Greek word that is translated as church, is used in all four of the Gospels, on one of only two places. For many, it's about Peter's faith. Peter is commended for his faith and his ability to let God reveal things to him as opposed to the world. Today, for me, this text is about who Jesus is. In the biz, we call this discussion Christology, that is, asking who is Jesus. 
In this passage, it is Jesus who asks this central question. Who do people think that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter's response, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. In fact, Jesus is called by three different significant titles in this one tiny little section. He is called the Son of Man. And this term is most often used to simply refer to someone as a human being. It is as if Jesus were saying, who do people say that this human is? However, sometimes in the biblical context, it is a title that comes to us from Daniel 7, 13 through 14. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being or son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the ancient one and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. This term, son of man, became a title for the expected king, and the only title that Jesus ever used to refer to himself. And when Jesus uses this title to refer to himself as the son of man, he means to to stir up a ref, uh, memories and and to paint a picture that comes to us from Daniel. When he said son of man, people's minds immediately went to this passage in Daniel that talked about a king uh, through whom uh, God is revealed and whose dominion would never end. Jesus is also called the Messiah or the Christ in Greek. David, the king, was also called the Messiah, and it literally means the, the anointed one. It's the title of the expected king from the line of David, who would come from God, vanquish the oppressors, and return the Hebrew people to the glory they once knew. Peter also refers to Jesus as the son of the living God. Not just a human king, but the manifestation of God in Jesus from God and in substance of God, the incarnation of God, that is God in human form. In other words, we see in Jesus the fullness of God. Matthew brings all of these titles together to mark in this passage a new understanding on the part of the disciples. After this declaration from Peter, the disciples began to understand how significant Jesus really is and, and how he was the fulfillment of all of the expectations that everybody had had about how God was going to bring about a transformation. Although uh, not entirely were they clued in because in just a few short verses, this same Peter will say something that is so far off that Jesus will call him Satan. But in this moment, it is made clear. Jesus is the one they had been waiting for and the fulfillment of the expectations born out of God's promises. Yet in the Bible, God ha- or Jesus has a great many other things, uh, other titles as well. John, at Jesus' baptism, sees him far off and declares, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. For John, Jesus is the Paschal Lamb of Passover. And Paul declares, Jesus is Lord, 
saying basically that if Jesus is Lord, Caesar is not. Jesus is called Savior, and there's many ways to understand this term. One that is familiar to all of us is to say that Jesus came to save the world by dying on the cross. However, it is more accurate to look at the Zacchaeus story and to see that when Jesus declares that salvation has come to this household, he means that he has helped Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, a swindler, and a thief, turn his life around and move it in a completely different direction. After his encounter with Jesus, Zacchaeus vows to pay back everything he stole four times, times four. And Jesus goes on to say that he came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. John uses this metaphor to describe Jesus as our guide, our protector, and the one who leads us to pasture and keeps us safe from the thief. Jesus is a rabbi or teacher. Over and over again, Jesus' disciples call him teacher. And the Pharisees call him teacher too when they're trying to cozy up or gild the lily a little bit. John calls Jesus the light of the world, the one who shows us the way to the kingdom of God. Jesus is the liberator who sets the captives free from their bondage in the same way that Moses led the Hebrew slaves out of slavery. Demonstrated in his healing, Jesus is the healer who returns us to wholeness. Jesus is a servant who washed the disciples' feet. And later on, the church would articulate that Jesus was the second person of the Trinity and the incarnation of God. The birth narratives borrowed from Isaiah to describe Jesus as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. Looking at this passage today, and thinking about all the ways Jesus is described in the, in the Bible got me thinking about the discussion about what Jesus looked like. In the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement and the social awakening around the issue of racism in America, images of a white, blue-eyed Jesus are being condemned. This picture, which is familiar to so many, has hung in many of the churches around the country. As a counter to this, Some have offered uh, this picture, what they would say is scientifically a more accurate portrayal of Jesus as dark and dark-haired and uh, Palestinian-looking, really. The reality is we have no way of knowing with any kind of accuracy what Jesus looked like. And to be honest, it doesn't especially matter. It is the symbolism that matters most. What is one saying with the portrayal we present? White, blue-eyed Jesus is problematic because of what it is perceived to symbolize. White culture as normative. Dominant culture appropriating a person of color, Jesus, as their own. Ideas of what a divine being in human form must look like. Yet using an image of Jesus in order to convey, this is who Jesus is to me, can be a powerful symbol. For the late activist and theologian James Cone, Jesus was black because Jesus stood with the oppressed, and in America, the oppressed were black. It was symbolically and literally significant for the black liberation movement. If you've ever been in my office, the this particular picture hangs on my wall. 
uh, this laughing Jesus is my favorite picture of all of the ones of Jesus. Not just because it portrays him as joyous and less stoic, but it also be- reminds me to not take myself too seriously and to recognize that I do not have all the answers to everything. And to think that I could is laughable. Or so I imagine Jesus saying to me whenever I look at that particular picture. Here's what I'm trying to say. For the disciples, Jesus represented all of the hopes and expectations they had for what God would do in the world. The Christ that lives in us today cannot be articulated with just one box or one particular language or one particular picture. Who Jesus is is dynamic and flowing, and it can be different for each person because he becomes the metaphor for God's activity in the world and in our lives. I invite and encourage all of us today to embrace Jesus as that metaphor because symbolism is important. It gives our thoughts structure and directs our heart toward our goal. The metaphor I use most often in describing Jesus is that he is the lens through which I make sense of the world and God's activity in it. Who is Jesus for you? What is your metaphor? Who do you say that Jesus is? And how can you articulate the role Jesus plays for you and the world around you? What language would you use? I challenge you to find your own metaphor that really reflects the role Jesus plays in your life. It is a gift we have that God has not been revealed to us in some abstract form, but that God has been revealed in a tangible person, Jesus Christ. Yet to say we worship the living Christ is to say that the role of Jesus in our lives can move and change and grow and evolve. We each have our own faith experience. And we each have the right and responsibility to articulate the role Jesus plays in our faith journey for ourselves. It's part of being Baptist. May God bless each of us as we seek to paint our own picture of who Jesus is for ourselves and for the world today. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we are grateful that we have the freedom to understand Jesus in our own terms and to experience Jesus for ourselves and to draw out of Jesus' teachings metaphors that are meaningful for us today. May we embrace this and give it deep uh, thought and meditation as we think about who you are in our lives and what you represent Uh, Give us insight in order to form our own pictures and our own metaphors to help us make sense of this crazy world we live in. Be with us uh, now and bring us all together again soon. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the Lord go with you, abide within you, and work through you today and forevermore. Go in the love and the joy and the peace and the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, and God bless. I am a boy.
sickness, oh, no danger in that bright land in which I go. I'm going there to see my father. Just go. Oh.